You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. Please be seated. Well, welcome and good evening and welcome back to Christmas Eve at St. Michael Church. We've kept the faith and we've done worship, but it's often been apart from one another. And as Chris said earlier, it's so good to be back. It's so good to see you in this space. Have you been faithfully preparing for Christmas all Advent? Welcome. Are you exhausted by arguing children or all the things left undone? Welcome. Have you been dragged to church or your streaming device by a friend or family member? Welcome. Are you sad or scared or lonely this night? Welcome. As we gather on Christmas Eve, we rejoice that God loves us, meets us exactly where we are and leads us where we need to be. St. Michael Church wants to help you on that journey. Tonight, I'd like to focus on joy. It's not uncommon. It's Christmas, joy to the world. But there are many reasons why joy is under attack these days. There's many reasons why we might want to give up on joy. But I think joy lies at the heart of God. And so I encourage you, don't opt out. Don't give up on joy. Tonight, we'll look at what the Bible says about joy. We'll acknowledge things in our lives that diminish our joy. And then we'll consider how we can grow in joy with God's help. Joy isn't just for Christmas. It's all year long, but it takes practice. We have to cultivate it. And that's what I'm calling you into tonight, a practice of cultivating joy in your life and the lives of those around you. So why joy? Because the Bible says so. Look at the passages for tonight. In Isaiah, the prophet is describing the hope that awaits Israel. He says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest. God intends joy for God's people and God will increase that joy when we live faithfully in him. In the Psalm, it's wonderful. You actually have the earth itself singing in joy. Listen again, let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea thunder and all that is in it. Let the field be joyful and all that is therein then shall all the trees of the wood shout for joy before the Lord when he comes. You get this sense that even if we were to stop being joyful, the earth itself, the trees, the waves, the fields would sing God's praise and be filled with joy. And in Luke, we're very familiar with that message from the angels to the shepherds. Do not be afraid for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. Tonight is about the joy of the incarnation, God coming to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Joy runs through the lessons tonight, not because Israel has escaped exile, they haven't, not because we're caring perfectly for the earth, we're not, or because everything is now easy for the shepherds, it's not. Joy runs through the lessons because God is accomplishing salvation one life, one community at a time. And it is our turn to find joy in God. 
But I know what some of you are thinking, joy. That is so 2019. We're now in another significant wave of COVID and whether you care about COVID or not, it's affecting you. It's affecting our community. It's affecting our nation and the world and it can decrease our joy. We're polarized politically as we struggle to articulate what kind of people we want to be in the future, what kind of country we want to be. And the constant outrage, much of it manufactured by forces outside of ourselves, that too can decrease our joy. And human beings, they're lonelier than ever. I attended a lecture at SMU several weeks ago about how people are turning to robots and artificial intelligence for the comfort, care, and companionship they need. Loneliness, isolation, it can decrease our joy. Do you see these pressures, these things that in a sense will sap the joy if we let it? So how do we bridge the gap? How do we get from the kind of joy that the Bible imagines and bridge it with the heartache that is inevitable in life? How do we increase our joy when there is so much pain? Well, I think the first step is actually to acknowledge the pain. It seems counterintuitive. If you wanna be joyful, you should forget about what hurts. No, see it clear-eyed. See what ails you, see what ails your family, your community. Look at it clearly because that's the starting point for joy. Next, it helps to see joy as a gift. It comes as a surprise. It's not something we do, it's given to us by God. In the lessons for tonight, all of the things that lead to joy, Israel's redemption, the healing of the earth, the coming of the Messiah, it's all God's work. Joy is a gift from God. And finally, as many of you know, because you've modeled it to me, joy increases when we're grateful. If we're grateful for life's gifts, rather than shrill about what we deserve, we are in the proper posture to receive joy. When we are present in the moment, rather than stuck in the past or striving to the future, we are open to the gift of joy. In the book of joy, Lasting Happiness in a Changing World, written by Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama, a monk is quoted as saying, when you are grateful, you are not fearful. And when you are not fearful, you are not violent. When you are grateful, you act out of a sense of enough and not out of a sense of scarcity, and you are willing to share. If you are grateful, you are enjoying the differences between people and respectful to all people. The grateful world is a world of joyful people. Grateful people are joyful people. A grateful world is a happy world. I think that's why the angel in tonight's lesson from Luke begins with fear not, because the journey into Christ is about decreasing fear and increasing gratitude, and joy is the gift that follows. Many of you know that poetry is important to my wife, Rachel, and me. Throughout our marriage, Rachel has gleaned poems that resonate with the life of faith, and then I have shared them with a broader audience. This is our introversion and extroversion working well together. The poem I'd like to share with you tonight is called Mind Wanting More by Holly Hughes. It reminds us that joy is everywhere, but we often miss it. 
Only a beige slat of sun above the horizon, like a shade pulled not quite down. Otherwise clouds, sea rippled here and there, birds reluctant to fly. The mind wants a shaft of sun to stir the gray porridge of clouds, an osprey to stitch sea to sky with its barred wings, some dramatic music, a symphony, perhaps a Chinese gong. But the mind always wants more than it has. One more bright day of sun, one more clear night in bed with the moon, one more hour to get the words right, one more chance for the heart in hiding to emerge from its thicket in dried grasses. As if this quiet day with its tentative light weren't enough, as if joy weren't strewn all around. Friends, joy is strewn all around us. We find it in family and friends, and we find it in the wilderness. We find it in prayer and singing, and we find it in times of grief. Joy is strewn all around, and it is available to us if we're willing to stop and look and listen. That's all we're doing tonight. We're stopping the business of our lives. We're looking for God's help, and we're listening to the story of Jesus. At the center of our nativity scene is a baby, a miracle of flesh and blood who knows the joys we know and suffers the griefs we suffer. God comes to us in the person of Jesus, not to accuse us, but to open us to a life of joy. Amen.